I believe God is moving in this place this morning. Amen. Believe. If you, if you didn't step out, maybe it's kind of uncomfortable to step out to an altar. Ask God right where you're sitting. I want you to know the Spirit of God is here. Ask the person next to you. Um, the power is not necessarily in the altar. The power is in the people. The power is in what's in you. What's in me is the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And that's sitting right next to you. That's in you. So if you just didn't feel like that's not your gig to come forward, then ask someone for help. It says, that, it says in the Old Testament that one can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. There's purpose for the church. And that purpose is that power that we have. We have more together than we do alone. So don't leave here without asking. Don't leave here without getting some support. Don't leave here without making a connection. Um, I'm going to be trying hard over the next few months to get you connected. I'll just tell you, I don't want anything. I'm not after anything except your connection to the body of Christ because of what God has for you with church. Church is so much more than just what we do right here in this service. So I just want to encourage you. Ask. Don't leave here without asking, without getting some support for what you're going through. We want to hear it. We want to talk to you about it. Because more than likely, we've been through it. Um, as, as the Spirit of God was moving, um, I'm just going to, not, I'm not poking fun at you, Jen, but Jen goes, just a minute ago, she goes, aren't we going to do the offering? I'm like, Jen, we did the offering. <laughs> you know, when, when God's Spirit starts moving, I'm telling you, everything changes. Now, maybe she was just zoned out because USA just scored, but maybe. <laughs> I believe the Spirit of God was moving. John know USA's playing right now in the World Cup, and they're, they're up one nothing. so go USA. All right. We're going to look at the subject of loving like Jesus in a broken world. How many of you know we're in a broken world? Just talk, just talk to your neighbor. You're going to meet somebody that's broken. Several times. I have broken several times. You know, we have floods, we have fires, we've had earthquakes, we have shootings, we have protests. It seems like our world, our culture is just getting more broken, more divided, more polarized. Would you agree? Yes. It just seems like anger is on the rise. We get so angry so quickly. You turn on the television and you see the politicians yelling at each other. You go on the internet and it's people dissing and demonizing each other. It just seems like we're just so much more divided and polarized. We're more fractured. So how are we supposed to, as believers, as followers of Christ in this broken world, how are we literally supposed to be agents of love, agents of unity, agents of harmony and peace? Well, this is the scripture that we're going to be dealing with over the next few weeks. It's 1 Peter chapter uh, 2, verse 17. And it says, "Live, Liz, do you mind to put that up for me, please? Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Be servants of God. Treat everyone you meet with dignity. Love your spiritual family. Revere God. Respect the government. There's a lot being said right there. And depending on the translation you read, 
Um, it, it, it's very, this is a, I think this is a very key verse for us as the church, for us as a nation. Live as free people, but don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Be servants of God. Treat everyone you meet with dignity. Everybody say everyone. everyone. Love your spiritual family. Who's that? That's the church. My spiritual family, even though I have a connection to other Christians outside these walls, my spiritual family is this body. This is my spiritual family. Revere God and respect the government. Live as free. We are not to use our freedom. We are, we are to use our freedom to serve God. Then Peter gives four, this isn't all, but four specific ways. Number one, treat everyone you meet with dignity. That's something we're going to focus on today. Treat everyone you meet with dig- dignity. Love your spiritual family. That's the church that you're a part of. Revere God and respect the government. And by the way, when they wrote this, uh, uh, when, when this was written, when Peter writes uh, about respect the government, Christians were under enormous prosecution. It's not like they had the great government at that time. They didn't. They were being killed by the government because of their faith. And do you know who was, at, who was at the top of the government at that time of Peter? It was Nero. He was the devil. The guy who burned Rome and blamed the Christians was insane, killing Christians, feeding them to lions. And Peter says, respect the government. Side note, I don't care where you stand, and I don't want to hear where you stand at this moment. <laughs> but pray for our government. Pray for our leaders as a nation. It doesn't say whether or not you like them. We're going to leave that one right there. That is a touchy subject in the church. You want to get around a family table? You want to see fireworks? You want to see the ant blow up? Talk about politics. One time my dad said, you want to ever see our family fight, bring up politics. And he didn't mean for me to bring it up. But I just thought, and I was probably 10, just thought, I'm just going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to try this. What, what, could, what could happen? Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Sitting down in this step-down level kind of porch area that had a TV in there where everybody smoked and hung out and, and just was social. It was mainly the guys, uh, but I just brought it up and it, I had to leave. I left them with that joy. Okay, principles. Let's look at the first, the first principles, five different principles of loving Jesus. Number one, dignity. Everybody say dignity. Dignity. What is dignity? The principle of dignity. We're also going to look at the principle of community. We're going to look at the principle of love and the principle of reconciliation. Today is the principle of dignity. If you're going to love other people, you've got to get this one down. God created every person with dignity. And I'm going to show this to you. It's the basis of what we're going to talk about today. God created every person with dignity. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 8, verse 5, it says, God made people just a little lower than heavenly beings, and he crowned us with glory and honor. Who did? God crowned us with glory 
and honor. That means your dignity, I don't know if you know this, but you have it because God gave it to you. That neighbor that you can't stand, God crowned that person with glory and honor. Now, they may not have accepted Christ yet, but God made people. God is my creator. He made me. And when he made me, he crowned me with his glory and honor because I'm his. I'm his creation. The Bible tells us that even Peter didn't know this at the start. And he was one of the founding apostles. He was prejudiced. He had to learn in Acts 10, 28. Peter said, God has shown me that I should never think of anyone as inferior or unclean. Listen, church, don't let this slip by you. And I know it's something that you think that you've dealt with, but you're fine until you meet someone different. You're fine until you meet someone that doesn't agree with you. I had a conversation with someone on our worship team, um, and the, the statement that they said to me is, is it okay to disagree? I'm like, of course it is. It's how we get to where we need to get to. We've got to be able to ha- take our differences and find where we need to go. Disagreement is not wrong. We can be in the same room and disagree. Me and my wife, we have a great marriage, but we disagree about stuff. She likes to put on sunscreen. I don't. And she's not okay with me not doing it. I'm okay if she doesn't do it, but she's not okay if I, if I don't do it. There's a new law now that you're not supposed to hold your phone. Did y'all know that? While driving. While preaching. While listening to preachers. Just kidding. Thanks. <laughs> I don't get a laugh out of my wife much, but that one did it. So... For some reason, my wife felt like I didn't need to be told just once that. But multiple times. And I finally said, I got it. I get what you're saying to me. I completely understand. I understand. God has shown me that I should never think of anyone as inferior or unclean. It's easy to grab, grab hold of that right now where you're sitting. But when you're encountering people that are not like you and don't agree with you and are doing things the way that you don't want them done, God will show you that everyone is not inferior or unclean. What is dignity? It's said in 1 Peter 2.17, the next scripture says, treat everyone you meet. With dignity. So I had to look up dignity. What exactly does it mean? I'm going to show you how God gave us dignity. Dignity, the state or quality of being worthy of honor and respect. God, when we were created, were created a little bit lower than heavenly beings and were crowned with glory, glory and honor. God gave me dignity. And I want to give you another definition of dignity. It is the image and the likeness of God. He created me in his image. 
Now, you've probably had interactions with me where you thought, uh, I didn't see that. <laughs> he did. As big of a doofus as I can be, God created me in his image. God created you in his image. He did not mess up when he made you. He made you just like he meant to. You are just like God meant you to be. Can you get some peace with that for just a second? God did not mess up. And there's a lot of, probably a lot of reasons why you're battling thinking God did mess up. God didn't. The problem in that Adam, in Adam, when God created Adam, was sin against God. And I believe that sin against, it was not just, just doing wrong, but it was sin against God's intention and Adam's obedience. That man was created to reflect God, a looking glass. You can see God when you see your brothers and sisters. I guess the big issue, though, is initiatives. What is the longing? Why are we doing what we're doing? What's the heart and the meaning behind the people that you're encountering? Because if you can find their longing, if you can find their meaning, I think with Adam at the very beginning, I think the, the, the issue was self-exaltation. He was given everything. But there was that one thing he didn't get. And I deserve that. I should get that. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go take it. I know I've been told, I know that my world has been created in a way that I can be safe and healthy and awesome right here. But nope, you told me I can't have that. I'm going to take it. And you know what? God let him take it. But it cost him. The intention was to be like what God had already said that we were. And that's what Satan did. He tricked her. He tricked Eve. He tricked Adam. We always want to blame Eve because Eve was the one. But if you read closely, Adam was right next to her. Adam wasn't oblivious to what was going on. He knew what was going on. Guys, how many times do we, are we kind of quiet, but we let our wives kind of do the talking? Or we let our wives kind of do this stuff and we're just like, cool, I'm cool with that. Anybody do that? I do that. My wife said, go get her. Hallelujah. Go get them. I'm, I'm with you. Adam was right there. And it, when it was time to stand up, he didn't stand up. He could have. Everybody's got dignity because we were all created in his image. And I've heard people say that you can't give people dignity, you can only affirm it. I can't give what only God can give. God has given me, God has given you dignity. And this is the foundation. When you're going to start to try to love people in a broken world, love people that seem unlovable, I want you to know that God has given that person dignity. There is honor and respect in that person because God gave it to him. And he did not create anyone inferior or unclean. 
this is where we've got to start. This principle of dignity. Everybody has got it because God created it. You can't take it away from them. You can't deny it. You can't affirm it. Just, it's so important that we start to view people differently. I can tell you that there are so many times that I need people to view me differently. So so how how do we get that? We give it. Scripture tells us that if we need mercy, give it. If we need less judgment, stop judging. Let's go to the second one. Diversity. Everybody say diversity. God intentionally created everyone unique. Can you go to the next slide, please? God intentionally created everyone unique. I've already touched on this just for a moment, and I'm almost done. I'll stop with this one today. You were created like you are on purpose. You are bizarre on purpose. You are like you are on purpose. Um, I have multiple issues. But one of them is um, I love shade. And I'll go to almost any length to have shade. So... I abuse my family getting to the beach. I abuse them setting up at the beach. But when it's all done, everyone enjoys the shade. But I've also learned that they all start scattering near the time to leave. It's not because they don't love the shade. They love the shade. But they can feel what's coming. One kind of helps me out one day, and then I've kind of spent their love tank. Then I get the next one the next day, and then I kind of wear them out. Poor Pete. Wave at me, Pete. Is Pete in here? Thank you. My only son. Boy, he pays the price for being the boy. He's just learned to love the shade. He knows that when the shade's gone, we get up, but he hangs in there with me, and he leaves when we all leave, and me and him are just hauling everything out. Pete, God made me that way for some reason. (laughs) On purpose. On purpose. You were made like you were made on purpose. Now, what's so important is that you find that purpose. God has purpose for you. We are diverse on purpose. We are diverse on purpose. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 38. Check this out. God gives everybody the kind of body he wants it to have. Now, what do you do with that body is another issue. 
I'm not speaking, I'm not speaking to you. I'm just saying we, we do things to our body that kind of mess up the purpose. But God gives everything. He created you that way on purpose. Next verse, people, animals, birds, fish, each are made of flesh, but none of them alike. Now, we, we were in a place, we were out on uh, a double canoe uh, and our kayak, and we were seeing fish, and I, I like an idiot, thought um, dolphins were coming up and sticking their snout out of the water and breathing. Elizabeth's like, that's not how they breathe. I'm like, I don't know, something was sticking their head out of the water. So we go over a little bit closer, me and Ruthann, and it was a humongous sea turtle. <laughs> Huge. Came up out, I'm like, oh my gosh, look at that. That is awesome. They'd come up and get breath and then go back under. But Elizabeth made mention about sea turtles is not one of their backs is alike. Their shells. Or their back. I call it their, yeah. Their shell. They are unique. It's, it's fun to kind of think about these animals that are unique and none are alike, but that's you. None are alike. None. You are, you are like you are on purpose. None of them are alike. Verse 40, everything in the heavens has a body. Liz. Everything in the heavens has a body, and so does everything on earth, but each one is very different from all the others. You are diverse on, on purpose. It's intentional. Acts 17, 26 says, From one man, which was Adam, God made every nation of men. So we're all from the same blood, right? Everybody say right. Thank you. And determined... So let me start again. From one man, God made every nation of men and determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. You are where you are on purpose. For a purpose. For something awesome. For your life, for the church, for the kingdom, for our nation, for the world, for our city. There is a purpose for your uniqueness God determined who you are what you are the source of that diversity where does it come from is important because it comes out of grace grace is the source of our gifts where the gifts come from so by the grace of God and the love of mankind God has made you like you are so I want to end you with this one statement is there strength in diversity? If we were all alike, I don't know who said this, my dad always quoted it, but if we were all alike, if my wife and I were exactly alike, one of us wouldn't be needed. Larry Burkett, thank you. A Christian financial teacher. If we were all alike, one of us wouldn't be needed. Well, I want you to know we are all needed. had a conversation with somebody new, new today and uh, was just saying, hey, if you find this to be your home, we need you. If it's not your home, okay. But if you find this to be your home, we need you. Can I tell you, we need you. We need you connecting. We need you engaging. 
We need your brain. We need your experiences. We need your talent. We need your elbow grease. We need you. The church, the nation, God's church, God's kingdom needs you to get plugged in and find your purpose because we can take back over the world. But if we stay disconnected, we can't. We must stay connected. We must get connected and stay connected and grow in our diversity. What God has for us together is so much more than he has for us alone. There is strength because of our differences. There is unity in diversity. My children, I've got four children, and we sit under that tent, and we are all so different. I could just go on and on about how hilarious and how challenging and how awesome and how challenging our differences can be. It's the first vacation we've had in so long that it was just the six of us. It was bizarre. We were so sad that Bud couldn't go, but he had already taken his vacation days, and Bud wasn't able to go. He's the new member of our family. But it was just bizarre. Here they all sat. When do I ever get that to happen? Maybe at dinner for 15 minutes. Maybe. But here they all sat. But we are stronger because of our differences. Church, we will be stronger because of you. You will be stronger because of us. The things that you're going through, we will get through them together. Left on your own, you are going to struggle. That is not some prophetic confession. You're going to struggle on your own. You weren't created to be on your own. Connect. We need you. There is strength because you're different. I want you to know God made us non-colorblind on purpose. He made us to see color on purpose. We can obviously see that you've got blonde hair and you don't have hair. No, you do have hair. He said it. I just repeated it. It's obvious that Cody dresses different than me. Amen. Thanks. We're not going to say which is better, but just kidding. We're different. One big thing that I do with the worship team is I get other people in the room because if left to me, I'll steer us right off the cliff. I need people that say, whoa, whoa no, don't do that one. Why? That's my favorite. Yeah. Do that one by yourself. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Stronger. We're stronger because of our differences. Married couples, you're stronger because you're different. Embrace it. Embrace your spouse. Embrace the what? The sunscreen. Can we pray? I'm not kidding. 
Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for our differences. I thank you for this church body. And Lord, I ask you to help us connect this body like you have designed us to be connected. Every part being so important, being so valuable. God, let us see these gifts and these strengths and these testimonies. Thank you for this testimony this morning. If you knew Michaela before, you know God's moved. God, you're moving. Connect us. Let us find our purpose in our, our, who we are and find our way to run in who we are and how you created us. God bless us. Now, we're going to turn our hearts now to taking communion. I just ask that if you don't know Jesus, would you consider it right now, right in your heart? I know you're feeling something, that drawing. He is drawing you to him. You can't do this on your own. Just ask for help. It says that all that call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I know I'm doing this very briefly. We want to connect with you and engage with you and help walk with you with your walk with Christ. Would you do that today? It's in your name. Amen.